You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. I am Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills, and with me as always is Pastor Mark Berkshire with Meadow Run Community Church in Ohio Powell, Pennsylvania. And actually, before we even, nope, let's do that first. We're going to continue the way that we normally start by talking about what are we preaching on? Uh, so I'm going to I'm turn over to Mark. What are you preaching on this Sunday? Sunday, I'm preaching on um, the subject of false prophet. Second Peter uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. We've been going through the book of Second Peter. Uh, we took a break last week uh, to have Bree's testimony. but uh, And if you want to see that, go on Middle Run Church Facebook page, and you can see that message. But um, we're going to be back into it and talking about false prophets. And actually, uh, we shared it to the uh, Faith Responders Facebook page. You can go there and see it. Um, And she killed it, by the way. She did an awesome, phenomenal job. Um, We're actually going to be talking about false prophets, not this Sunday, but for two Sundays after this Sunday. This Sunday, uh, we're talking about the Bible as a whole and why it's true because we're doing a series called why isn't the church talking more about um and the whole series over the next couple of weeks and last week and this week was about apologetics defending the faith so last week we talked about truth and the fact that god exists this week we're talking about the bible being god's revelation to humanity of who he is and it being true and then the next two weeks we'll talk about false teachers uh but today's topic um we're actually um responding to or talking about um what everyone was talking about last month uh how everyone was uh, from christians perspective and from non-christian perspective pride month was the focus as everyone was focusing on lgbtq and the other letters which i always forget uh, stuff and I didn't preach on it. Uh, I didn't do any TikTok videos on it. I did nothing on it. Um, Mark didn't preach on it. Um, and there's a specific reason why we didn't. And it's not that we support or encourage, it's not that we hate or whatever. I'll get to that, but first let me pray uh, so that our Ears, hearts, and minds are open to hear God's word and his truth. Not that this is going to be a sermon, but even for this discussion. So God, we pray that uh, for the rest of this discussion, that your Holy Spirit would guide our conversation, that you would open our ears and our hearts and our minds to hear your truth from your word. We pray that you would give us a spirit and revelation of your truth during this discussion. And we pray that you would allow us to speak with integrity about the LGBTQ community, about the divisiveness within the church regarding it. And again, we just pray that your will would be done. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
So uh, let's do this. So since I just rambled on. uh, So what would you say, Mark, to those people that say, hey, why didn't you talk about, you know, the whole LGBTQT thing during Pride Month? Why not? Because that's a perfect opportunity. What would you say to them? I have a problem in the first place of, of singling out any um, anything for month. <laughs> okay. Um, even Black History Month. I don't talk about Black History Month during Black History. Every day, every month should be the month of life, regardless of skin color, regardless of ideologies, regardless of of who you are. We should be living out our life every month, every day, as who we are. Yeah, so for me, every day is Black History Month. Every day of every month is Black History Month. Right. And I go about living my life, and I'm sure... Although there's some, I I get why they do that because there's, you know, people who feel like, like, you know, I don't know what it's called, but Black History Month or Asian Heritage or Latin American Heritage that there's not a lot of focus on them. So they thought, here's a month where we want to highlight you, but it kind of makes it seem like, so the other 11 months, we don't care about you is, is what it comes off as. So I, 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 I get that as well. And People right. ask me, hey, how come you're not posting and doing this <clears throat> about Black History Month? Because I was like, um, I'll talk to you about it any day of the year. <laughs> exactly. I want to limit it to, you know, we can only talk about it during this month. So, yeah, your, your point and, is that. And, and the other thing is, where, when is it going to stop? I mean, are we going to have a Buddha month? Are we going to have a Christian month? Are we going to have a, uh, you know... A rainbow month. I don't know. What are we, we going to have? A or, unicorn month. Yeah. Or for every culture, because there's so many different cultures in America, are we going to have, because there's only 12 months of the year, but there's more than 12 country, cultures and, and nationalities yeah. represented in America. So, yeah, that could be uh, daunting. Instead, we should just recognize and acknowledge and celebrate people regularly. But yeah. um, so I didn't do it because, I mean, Similar reason, just like you said, but also if you try to do anything during that month, especially something that important, it gets drowned out in all the noise. Yeah, it it literally becomes uh, just noise added to noise. No one hears that truth because everyone's yelling and screaming. Uh, people for are yelling why they're for it. People against are yelling why they're against. Uh, some people may be actually speaking truth and love. But it gets lost amidst all the noise. And I think we said this, I don't remember, someone else asked a different question in one of the pastors groups and you and I shared similar comments. And maybe it was this topic that if we only wait until this month, that month to talk about it, then we're not making it about what God's word says. Right. Uh, We're just focusing on responding to when the culture says we can talk about it. So um, I talk about it whenever it comes up in scripture, and that's probably about it. I haven't dedicated a whole sermon to, for, or against. However, comma, 
because it came up when I asked our congregation, when I asked online, what should the church be talking about more often, that did come up as one of the topics multiple times. And I purposefully decided I'm going to wait until well after Pride Month to address that, because otherwise it would just get lost as part of the noise. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And, you know, like you said, if we're preaching the whole counsel of the Bible, the whole the whole Bible, it will come up in conversation through that Bible. And so I don't see a need. That's just like like any other topic that we we address, you know, um, fornication, you know, sexuality, any type of thing that that um, that is rampant in our society. If we spend all the time talking about those, we won't talk about the truth of God's love, the gospel message that he has for us. Which is the priority. I just had this conversation yes. with someone online because they're like, where's the church? Why aren't we voicing our opinions on all these topics? I was like, because we should be focusing on sharing the truth of God's word. Yeah, when asked, you can respond respectfully and, and with love. Here's what I you know, believe and, and, and here's why. But if we spend our time trying to respond to every single thing the culture raises, we won't have time to do the thing that God has called us to do, which is to share and show the love of Christ to those in our circles of influence. And to be honest, that's why we started this podcast, was yep. to share what the culture is doing, you know, and how we should respond to that. So here's my question, um, because I'm sure people are asking, okay, if you had responded during Pride Month or whenever you do respond, what is what are our positions on homosexuality, uh, LGBTQIA? I don't remember all the letters. I just remember those. What 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 is our response? Uh, do you want to go first, or you go first? Okay. So here's here's my response. I am, and this is, I get Christians that are for and against, and both of them hate me because of my response, because here's my response twofold. One, I really don't care what people do in their bedroom and how they have sex. None of my business. I do not care. You're, you don't, I don't want anyone coming reporting to me, here's how I engage in the sexual endeavors. Don't <laughs> want to hear it, don't care. I have a responsibility to share God's word and his truth. And here's his truth of what he says on sexuality, any sex outside of his parameters he says he's not for it and i'm going to more detail about why it's not just god is you know like being a whatever uh, it's because when we give in to that carnality we also bring with it a lot of other things uh that allow us to give in to our sinful nature not just the sexual and all the other things they all come to the forefront you can see that throughout scripture so yeah, I, I I agree with God's word that if we're Christians, we should conduct not just our sexual life, but our entire life in accordance with his word. Um, and what most people focus on is the homosexuality and they miss the sex outside of marriage, pornography and all this other stuff. So uh, that's the first thing. I don't care what people do in their bedroom. I do have a responsibility to share. Here's what God's word says. The second thing is no one should care. Uh, what I or you or anyone else thinks, what they should want to know is 
what does God think? What actually does God's word say? Not what someone who thinks like me says, or someone who disagrees with me says, or someone who's trying to push an agenda says, what is God's stance on this? And anytime I've asked people, hey, don't worry about what I think. Do you really want to know what God thinks? Uh, and they say, yes, I'm genuinely interested, then I will share the truth. Because what I think is, I don't care what you do in your bedroom. That's not part of my job description. Uh, I do care that if we're Christians, that we're living our lives in accordance with God's word, and that we have the knowledge of what that encapsulates. And yes, it encapsulates our sexual life, our whole life, that we live it in accordance with God's word. That was a long rambling, but I hope crystal clear. No, and and I agree wholeheartedly with you, surprisingly. Uh, but uh, I I am the same way. I I don't care who you love, how you love, or why you love. That doesn't matter to me. I'm like you. My goal and my obligation is to show you what God cares about, what God loves and what God doesn't love. Um, I'm not saying that anyone who is in a homosexual relationship or transgender or anything else is a bad person, because they're not. Uh, most cases, they're not. They're really good people. I, I have people in my family that participate and are, are of those persuasions, and I love them dearly. Um, but there's a difference between loving them and supporting them, if that makes any sense. Um, so I don't, I don't want to, number one, I don't want to draw attention to sin. So if I am if I am going to promote this or if I'm going to spend time on this and, and say, you know, everything's hunky-dory, everything's fine, then I'm not doing the job that I was called to do by pointing out sin. Um, nor is any other Christian, because we it's not just the preacher's job to point out sin. You know, um, so I didn't address it because, number one, I don't care. Like Floyd said, I don't care what you do in the privacy of your own home. Um, that is your that's between you and God and and whoever's involved with you. Um, secondly, when we draw attention to it, like Floyd said, we're 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 neglecting in most cases the true root of what god wants us to look at we just kind of skip over that um and, and that's the problem we're having in a lot of churches today is that we're skipping over too much you know we're just kind of Putting it under a rug. I saw a great illustration the other day. Uh, a pastor was preaching on covering up sin. And he says, it's like we, we 
cover it, we throw it under a rug. A rug is supposed to be flat on the floor. But as soon as we start throwing stuff under it, we start getting little bumps in that rug. And instead of taking and cleaning out underneath that rug, we just walk over top. of it, And we walk over top of all the bumps. Yeah. Um, so we, we need to be careful of, of how we address this. Um, it should be done in love. Everything we do should be done in love. And I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I don't think... Uh, that the main problem is the fact that Christians are saying, uh, you know, homosexuality is a sin. It's the way that people are saying it. And that's coming on top of years of the church teaching and telling people, if your child, if your sibling, if you're whoever person in your family is dealing with homosexuality, you have to cut them off. You have to hate them. You have to kick them out of the house and all this kind of stuff. None of which the Bible states, and none of which reflects what God did for us when we were in our sins. So uh, I think that's part of the problem. Uh, and people end up either going one way or the other. They go that route where they're like full on, we can't have you in our church. We hate you, blah, blah, blah. Or they go the other route. Well, and I shared this with you before the before we started recording. I have not just one, but multiple friends. Uh, who have done this where they're God-honoring Christians. Some of them have been pastors and one of their uh, children will come out as gay uh, or say, you know, I'm going to change my gender. And so the pastor then, or the person thinks, okay, in order to accept them and continue to love them, I have to acknowledge this as being okay in God's sight, which is not the case. Because I have, like you, I have multiple family members, some who are lesbians, some who are transgender, uh, some who have changed their gender and, and gone through the whole process medically and all that. And I still love them. But as a Christian and as a pastor, that behavior is not one that I'm going to encourage. I'm not going to, what's the word, beat them down because they chose it. I still love them, uh, but I'm not going to, I can't talk to you. I can't hang out with you. Uh, there's certain things I cannot and will not do. I won't go to events that celebrate that kind of activity, uh, but I still love them. They're still part of my family. I still talk to them, communicate with them, hang out with them because they're family. Uh, and God continued to, when we were sinners separated from him by sin, continued to talk to us, love us. Uh, and then sent his son to die for us while we were still in our sin. He didn't, you know, okay, you guys are sinful. I'm cutting you off. You're done. Got to kick you out of the house. Uh, there's no way we can ever, you know, communicate. He actually chased after us to try to show us the true way to show us his love. Um, so I, I, I think the way the church has embraced handling this has not been great. And as you were stating, there are pastors that have gone so far over into accepting it and preaching it as God's truth, which is not true. God is opposed to it. And that would be like saying if, you know, my son were to uh, become a drug addict, which doesn't hurt anybody else, but it hurts himself and it's not in line with God's will for his life, I would still love him. But that doesn't mean I have to suddenly say, well, God is now okay with everyone being a drug addict which is not the truth. 
what I should say is God still loves him. And as God allows, and as I can, and as he's willing to, I'm going to reveal God's truth and God's word to him. And it's on him whether or not he accepts it. All that to say, my son is not a drug addict. That was just an example to get the point across. Not that he listens to the podcast anyway, but still. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I agree. I mean, and I hear people say, well, well, I was born this way or that's the way God created me. Um, and to that, I say, do you really know the Bible? Say that again, because there's so many people who just say that again. God did not. God does not create us. He created male and female. That's that's it. And he created us in his image, both male and female. <clears throat> God. How do I put this? We, we are products of our environment. Okay. Um, we always have been, always will be. And if there hasn't been a, a, a godly worldview in your rearing, then I can see where you can get that idea that God created you this way. God has only created us in his image. He did not create us um, in any other way. If he, if he created you as a male, you're a male. If he created you as a female, you're a female. I'm sorry. I, I, can't, I can't back down on that. That's just the way it well, is. It's, it's, it's the way it is, and it's supported scientifically, and it, it it's mind-boggling to me, and we're not getting into that whole political thing, but people who say that you Christians don't want to believe the science, but the science says there's only two genders, right. male and female. If there were more than two genders, I mean, there has to be a standard in order for you to transgender, change gender. You have to, ch there has to be a standard for you to say, here's what I'm going to or from. Yeah. And that standard is male and female. Right. And, and, and you know, does that mean that God loves you any less if you believe that? No. God loves us the same no matter how we, we ourselves think. God still loves us. And God still cares. Um, I have a hard time dealing with this issue at times because, because of the fact that I have so many people that I care about and love that are in this lifestyle. And it is a fine line to, to of tolerance and acceptance. Okay. Um, we tolerate a lot. There are certain things I just can't accept. I can accept them as a person. I can accept them and love them as family. Um, I cannot accept and I cannot support and I cannot encourage 
lifestyles that they live. And that's not just with homosexuality. That would be the same as if I had an alcoholic brother or sister that was living, you know, each day to be drunk. I still would love them. I still would accept them. I still would appreciate them. I just could not condone what they were doing. And I would help, try to help them in any way I could to see God's love more than my love. Yeah, and I think I agree with you. I'm, I'm only going to push back. Well, I'm not going to push back. I'm actually going to just reframe what you said a different way. And I think because you said that we have difficulty with it because we love them. But I think because we love them uh, and because we love God, because we have both, is why we're not willing to push them away and say, I'm done and kick you out like many right. have. But because we love God is why we're also willing to say, I'm going to keep loving them because God, I've, I've, I've been a recipient of God's love. So I, 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 I think that has put us in unique. And there are many people, you know, same thing. It's not just pastors, people, Christians who uh, have people in their lives in these circumstances. But I think instead of going to one extreme or the other, we're supposed to be the ones who, yeah, I still love you. I still love God. But like you said, I, 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 I cannot accept changing, twisting God's word just to accept your lifestyle. That, that's non-negotiable. I still love you, but I'm also not going to tolerate um, you making something that's not true and trying to make that true. And trying to say that, yeah, God supports this and God made me this way. God didn't create us with a propensity to sin, but he gave us free will and we choose to sin. Hmm. Sexual desire, saying that God created us with a sexual desire. One, it says that God created us with this desire to sin against him, which is not true. It's also saying that God did not give us free will. Like, I can't help it. God made me this way. I can't change my mind. That's not true. It's our choice who we want to have sex with and who we're attracted to, you know, and, and all those things are choices that we make and we choose and we don't get to blame God. If we want to be honest, take responsibility for the choices that we make. That's the choice we make. That's the choice you make. Don't blame it on God that he made you this way because he didn't. Uh, right. So someone who doesn't know God, I, I I get that. Like you said, why you didn't you didn't have the upbringing, you didn't have you know uh, the biblical understanding of who God is in your life, and someone told you that. I get that. That's why you believe it. But for the people who claim to be Christians, who have been in the church, who have read the Word of God, y'all need to stop twisting, lying, and making false statements about the Word of God. Own up and be person big i was going to say man man or woman enough to say hey i don't like that lifestyle yeah and, and, and you know so much of the church and so many preachers treat the bible as a cafeteria line they go through and they pick and choose what they want it to say and then they disregard 
all of the things that are offensive or that they can't use to back up their viewpoint. And if we do that, that's where we get into trouble. That's where we're getting into um, having the vision in our country and in the world that we have is because we're not looking at God's word as totally true from cover to cover, word for word. We're looking at it as I can pick this, but that really doesn't apply to me anymore. Yeah. And um, I think, and this is the problem, you've got to do a lot of uh, twisting of God's word to say that that's okay. And I know that there are people that said that, oh, the word homosexuality didn't originally mean this. And the reason that they use the word homosexuality is because over and over and over it spoke about, you know, these type of man on man uh, sexual things. Uh, but in Revelation, and I forgot the verse now, I think it's 21 8. Um, over and over, every time you see God reference this about people who will not make it into the kingdom, uh, it's not just talking about sexuality. Uh, he, he, he says, the the uh in revelation 21 8 the cowardly the unbelieving the vile the murderers the sexual immoral those who practice magic the idolaters and liars they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur this is the second death paul says multiple times that these people will not be into the kingdom of heaven allowed to the kingdom of heaven and every time you see that type of sexual immorality referenced it's along with all of these other behaviors because when we give into our sexual desires and sinful desires, we give into carnality, we give into lying, we give into violence, we give into all these things. It's it's kind of like uh, a lint trap that once you start giving into one, all the others just get attracted and you start living them all out. And we're seeing that in our world today. We're not just seeing people who are just trying to express sexual freedom, and that's all we're seeing. We're seeing an increase in violence. We're seeing an increase in child pornography. We're seeing an increase in damage and hurt done to children in these same contexts, as well as that. So uh, God knew what he was doing when he said, hey, don't go down this path. It's not that just God wants to be, you know, a big bully and say, you can't do sex this way. It's that God knows the human heart. He knows human nature. He created humanity, but he put us on the path to go one way, but he also gave us the free will to go the other way. And we're choosing the other way. And we're going so far away from what he designed because we are giving in to not just sexuality, but to all these other things that take us further away from God. I agree. <laughs> Um, let me ask you, is there any hope? I was just about to say, what would you say? <laughs> I was going to write this down. So after you said what we were going to say, I would say, what would you say to the person or to the pastor? So to the person, because there's two categories, to the Christian, the pastor, the Christian, the churchgoer who has a family member and is confronted with all of this sexual stuff. How do we, how do we say it? and to the person who's dealing with this sexual issue, these sexual desires, uh, what would you say? And to both, I would say there is hope. 
but you have to be willing to acknowledge that first and foremost, uh, uh, that God's word is true for both people. Uh, So for the Christian who has maybe a family member or people in your congregation, I was listening to a, a sermon this morning where one pastor talked about someone who came into their church. It was a man, but he came in a spaghetti dress with makeup on, sat on like the second row. And um, they did not, the pastor made the conscious decision not to call him out. They didn't say anything to him. He didn't cause a ruckus. So they didn't say anything to him, just like they wouldn't to anyone else who came. Um, He continued to come for weeks and they uh, didn't say anything to him. They addressed the concerns of people. He was getting emails and comments. Some of the people uh, would say polite, God-honoring things to him. No one, he said, said anything negative that he was aware of, which is good because that's what we're supposed to do. And eventually he said, because the guy kept coming, the guy, because that's what he was, a guy dressed as a woman, uh, they called him aside privately and said, hey, we're glad you're here. You are welcome to continue to come on one condition. You do not use the woman's bathroom. Because we believe this way, that the women's bathroom are for biological women's, the men's bathroom are for biological men's. We have a a, uh, responsibility to protect our women and young girls. They didn't even ask him, hey, you got to start dressing like a man. They just said, you continue to come. That's the only thing. And he continued to come for a few weeks more until one week he decided, I'm just going to go into the women's bathroom. And one of the security people approached him and said, You're not allowed to do that. And one of the pastors said, this is the only thing we've asked you not to do. And he made the choice not to come anymore. And they handled that the right way. They didn't criticize. They didn't judge. They they treated him just like they would anyone else coming in from the world with worldly issues. And that's the way we're supposed to handle it. I've seen videos where other pastors handled it differently. They stopped the sermon. They pointed the person out, made a big show of judging them, condemning them, criticizing them. And we're not going to go for that church. Go home, change your clothes. Blah, 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 blah. And people ask me, how would you have handled this? I was like, I would have waited till after and had the same thing, private conversation. Glad you're here. You're welcome to come. Uh, here's the guidelines. And as long as you're okay with that, we're okay with that. Uh, so if you're a Christian Handle it in a God-honoring way. Um, if you're a person who is struggling with that sexuality, there is hope. But it starts with acknowledging, one, the truth of God's word. Two, that it is a behavior that God doesn't want us to do. It's the same struggle. Every man on the planet, whether they admit it or not, struggles with sexual issues. We want to look at other women. If you're not married, you want to look at other women. If you are married, you want to look at other women. Your thoughts and all this stuff. It's a common struggle. So you're not alone. And we all have to turn to Christ and allow his spirit to guide us. And just because you could be a Christian for two days or 220 years, you're still going to struggle with sexual issues. It's just the world we live in. That's not going to stop until we're all in heaven. So there is hope, but it has to start with acknowledging the truth of God's word and that we have all have sexual issues and that we're willing to surrender them to Jesus Christ. That was a long-winded answer, but yeah. And and I would say the same thing. Um, You know, 
I would, I may even take it a little bit further to the point of before I address anyone, before I even go to them, I better make sure that my, my life is correct. That there's nothing that is in me that is standing between me and God. Leave it to Mark always calling us out. <laughs> I don't mean to call you out. No, yeah, you're 100%. But that, but that would be, yeah. I mean, and the only way we can do that though is to know the Bible. Is to know the Bible from cover to cover. We're only looking at this word of God, this word that he gives us on Sunday morning for an hour in church. Then we're missing out so much of who God is. And and understand it. I mean, there's things in here I have no clue what he's talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. But through the Holy Spirit, I get a little insight. Okay, this this is good, you know. And, and when we understand his word, it comes down to the two commands that God that Jesus gave us in the New Testament. You know, you follow all of these things in the Old Testament, all of the Ten Commandments and all of that, but love God and love others. And if we're calling people out in the middle of a service because of what they're wearing, I don't care if it is a guy wearing a dress or if it's a homeless guy that comes in and sits down beside you and is stinky, as Bree said in her testimony. If we're asking those people to leave, then we're not doing what God has called us to do. Yeah. So I would say my response is to love on them. Just as Floyd said, love on them. Just, you know, you're not, we can love on somebody and not agree with them. You hear yeah. that? We can love on somebody and not agree with them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think and, that's, that's that say that one more time because there's so many people that need to hear that. We can love on someone and not agree with them. I have a lot of people that don't my wife doesn't agree with everything I do, but we love each other and we care about each other and we respect each other. And that is the thing that God has taught us because that's what his word tells us to do. So my response would be to, to just love them. Um, let them know when, it, when the conversation comes up in a loving way, this is the way I feel. I know you don't agree with me, but this is, this is what God's word tells me that I have to stand on. Yeah, and I would even go so far as to say... Um... And again, let the Holy Spirit guide you but to have that conversation that says, hey, even though I don't agree with you, I'm still willing to love you. But here's the question. You may not agree with my stance. Are you still willing to love me? And that's yeah. part of the problem, too. We're not going to blame the church is not the only guilty party in this. There are so many in the LGBTQ community who are like, if you're not willing to accept my behavior, then I want nothing to do with you. So you're doing the thing that you're accusing me of doing you're saying yeah. you want nothing to do with me 
because I don't accept your behavior, but you're accusing me of doing that same thing. So it, it has to be a two-way street. That's the only way it works. And right. if you're going to say, uh, you know, that it's accept me or nothing, you're the problem, not me. Yeah. If I'm willing to still communicate and love on you and 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 talk to you, but, uh, you know, the church is not the only one at fault in this situation. No, and, and we're not. Um But I will go as far as to say, I believe the church puts a lot of fire, a lot of wood on that fire to burn it. Yeah, we definitely do. And maybe <laughs> a few cups of gas as well. Yeah. So we, we, we need to be careful. Um, you know, I asked the questions this past Sunday. People know you are Christian by your love simple question because that's what it comes down to god is love he is the author of love for everyone people outside of the church people outside of your family people in your family and they tell that you are god's child by the way you love And I would add, can they tell it by your Facebook posts and comments? Because because uh, a lot of that is seen more often than the actions that we do. And a lot of that is what causes so much of the division. Because people feel like, hey, I can post whatever hateful thing I want online. And they do. And, and I will tell you, I put up a post. And I quickly took it down. On during Pride Month, and it was just American flag, and said, "This is this is what I'm proud of." And I had responses from some loved ones that I care about a lot that are in the 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 LBG community reach out to me and say, "Wow, just wow." I did not put it up to be offensive. I did not put it up to be anything other than I thought it was a great picture. And I brought it down and I apologized to the people that I offended. That's the other thing. We have to be willing to sometimes say I'm sorry because I said the wrong thing to offend you. Yeah, and I think that's that's part of the um when you look in Galatians chapter uh five at the acts of the flesh, part of that is just the fits of rage that we find into uh the the selfishness, the dissensions, the division that we create because we're just prideful. Yeah. And don't want to say, okay, you know what? Maybe maybe I got that wrong, maybe I did say that the wrong way. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Because if that's truly not our intent, even when we don't intend it, we can say some things that are hurtful, harmful, come across. We've talked about that before, especially as pastors. We can say things from the pulpit that we mean with every ounce of love and God-honoring, Holy Spirit-filled love that we can do. And it comes across as harsh or judgmental or whatever. And, you know, 
I, I, I am sorry. That, that is, yeah. it was not my intent to hurt you or whatever. Uh, I am, I'm, I'm sorry. And that's all we can do and, and move on. Um, and, and I will, I will say though, if I say something from the pulpit, or even if I'm talking to you one-on-one that you're feeling offensive, but it is grounded in the word of God, then it's not me who is offending you. It's your conscience. It's that spirit inside of you saying, okay, maybe there is something here that I need to look at that God is talking to me about. Because I think we're too quick to say, you offended me from the pulpit when really I had nothing to do with offending you from the pulpit. It was the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart saying, you need to deal with this. Yeah. And I think that's something that hopefully over time, we as a church will get better and better at doing. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts before we, uh, No, just, I would say maybe this, that, and I've said it, it's like beating a dead horse with a stick, but as Christians, we need to do better in loving those who are different from us. Um, we need to do better in showing God's love, whether it's the homosexual thing or whether it's other sexual activities or addicts or anything else, we need to be more diligent in showing God's love and not man's love. Those around us. Yeah. I think that is a perfect note to end on. Um, so I'm going to ask you to close us out in prayer. Father, we thank you that we have this time together to talk, this platform to share our thoughts and your word uh, with those who listen. Lord, help us to be diligent in showing your love to those around us, no matter what lifestyle, no matter what circumstance they are in lord let us be ambassadors that's what you called us to be ambassadors of your love and truth help us not to beat around the bush help us not to um, shy away from these difficult topics but to boldly face them and boldly um, bring them before you and ask you for your help and your guidance as they come into our lives. Lord, we just thank you for loving us enough to come to this world, to shed your blood for us, to die on a cross so that our sins would be removed forever. Thank you for cleansing us. And thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Okay. I'm the coolest. 